Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard to this Sunday special of Human Events. I'm here joined with Tyler Boyer of hey, Turning Jack. Point Action. Hey, Jack. It's Chief good to be Operating here. Officer. It's very good to be here as well. We're in Phoenix, Arizona. Tyler, everybody is asking me about that show we did earlier this week, but everyone has a huge problem with it. You know what it is? And because that show was only about, what, 24 minutes, 25 minutes long. Right. And even, even Alex Clark was listening to it. And she said, I was getting ready the other day. I was listening to your guys' conversation. And then, bam, it cut off. And I wish it was longer. So I said, all right, guys. Can we get on Tyler's dance card? Can we can we reach out to him? <laughs> Is his last waltz open? Is it open? And he said it was. His Friday was open in the afternoon. So we're recording this. We are here. And and Tyler, we were talking about a lot of stuff. And I wanted to frame this as sort of a 2023 action plan for, for the movement, for the way, way things are, for the generations, things that are going out there. I For me, I can't get past this idea. And I'm looking at Pennsylvania. This idea of elections have changed. Right. The, the process of elections has changed. And if you think that just holding a rally and going out there and putting up some TV ads and uh, getting your message out, et cetera, is what you need in the era of vote by mail, in the era of these massive ballot harvesting campaigns, because that's what it is now. Right. It's, it's, there's a difference now between a ballot and a vote. A vote means you went to the polling place and you stood out in the sleet, in the snow, in the rain, whatever it is in Arizona, the heat, um, and and you and you waited for hours and hours. But a ballot, a ballot is just check done. And so what they're doing is they're trying to normalize this idea of not just vote by mail, right? And I think I'm trying to look past the horizon on this a little bit, look over the horizon, because they're not just trying to normalize vote by mail, they're trying to normalize vote from home, right. which is vote on demand, which is this idea of, it's like Netflix, man. It's like taking, when Netflix started, it was Netflix by mail. You got your movies by right. mail, you got your DVD, and then you mailed it back, and then you had to mail it back where you got a new one. But then it eventually, it always the plan, the plan was always towards digital movies. And now we all have that. Yep. I think the plan in a lot of these states, and they eventually want to take this nationwide, is digital voting. And whether that's blockchain, facial recognition, et cetera. I love if facial recognition was involved with this, but I think that's what they're moving for. And I think that means if you're in one of these states, right, you have to rethink your approach to all of this because the old arcane uh, method. That's, that's, that's the Pony Express. That's, right. that's phone booths. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the typewriter, man. Yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you right now where we're at and this is how the left thinks. So to understand how the left thinks, and I, I hate to get, kind of dive right into this, but the way that they think is, is control and they yes. want control tactics. They, they try to employ control tactics and then they, that's where they implement Alinsky isms in order to well, control to, an institution to, to try to force their way. But yeah, you're exactly right. We're, we're in the process of walking backwards from their ultimate goal and idea of like, how can we possibly control every American That's right. from home, right where they are? We know exactly who they are, where they are at all times. And you saw this in COVID. How they, showed they, their, they showed their hand. How they think, what they do, yeah. what they're hungry for, right. where they go. And these devices that we have in front of us, uh, tell them a lot of that. And, and so they're on the precipice right here, right now of being able to say, all right, what, what's all we have left is essentially 
the control mechanism of voting, mm. who they vote for, how they vote, and and that's they're they're work, working their way backwards. And you're exactly right. They want to normalize us to be by ourselves, alone, distance from people, distance from processes, distance from community, which atomized. Is, yeah, I mean, realistically, the entire voting process across America from essentially our founding has always been a community driven. It's a, com a community. I was saying this the other day on the show. It's it's a civic ritual, a, an, an actual ritual of community, the same way that, that when you, when the Star Spangled Banner is playing, you put your hand over your heart, you take your hat off, yep. you stand up. If you're in the military, you stand at attention. You might salute if you're yep. outside, covered. Exactly right. Um, these are rituals. Yep. Um, when you when you say the Pledge of Allegiance, this is a ritual. When I take my son to drive-in movie theater, I know another another shared interest yep. of ours is the, the one that we go to has been open since 1956. And guess what? They actually show the Star Spangled Banner. They play it before all the movies start, and everybody gets out of their cars yep. and everybody puts their hand over heart. And he doesn't even quite understand why he's doing it. But he sees everyone do it and he sees daddy do it and he knows that's what I do now. And it's a healthy community yes. event, right? And it's cohesive. It's a, there's cohesiveness, there's culture that's that's a part of it. And since the founding of this country, that is so how we've voting run day has always been part voting of that. day yeah. is something that really was a new idea on the from from the founding of our country, where we started doing this, where everybody essentially registers, everyone knows each other. Right. And this they're the, part this of the this. precinct idea. This is the precinct idea, right? right? Where it's like you go to a community place, you cast your ballot, you say who you like and who you don't like, essentially. Mm -hmm. And those votes are tabulated. Usually, I mean, how it used to work when this country was founded, in the public square, they would go through right. in a box and they would read them out loud. One eye for Jack and... You know, I for Tyler and I for Jack, and then they would write it up. Yeah, you know, I don't know, in dirt on a chalkboard or something. Right, and that's how they, you knew who was the mayor of you know these mm -hmm. these early pilgrim villages, right? And like that that institution has essentially transformed the world into a more democratically fond area, but it's based around our republic, which is right. that. We hold elections to see who goes and represents us mm -hmm. at the most. Yeah, at the most local level, all the way up to the federal level. And this process has basically transformed over years, but hasn't changed very much. Now, fast forward to now, now we're looking down the barrel at all of a sudden, like really evil people, pernicious people wanting sinister. to com Very sinister. completely change how th this has worked and operated. And, and this has really come up the last COVID. 20 years. I think they used COVID to... You know, in the last 20 years, one of the biggest changes we saw was the motor voter law. Yep. Um, in order to do this, where when you, which motor voter means when you go to register to vote, uh, when you go to get your driver's license, which everybody wants, that which driver's licenses also didn't use to be a thing, by the way, um, that when you go to get your driver's license, they ask you if you want to register to vote. Now, that means you have these massive inflated voter rolls of people, these huge percentages in every state on the voter rolls who never vote, but they're on the registration. Why so would you have even, that? It's even worse than that. So some states like Oregon, mm. they force register everyone. <sighs> so they force register everyone. So Arizona is a state where they they kind of they go take you through voter registration when you 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 get your license, right? And that's you know even. And that was a Clinton law, by the way. That was a national Clinton yeah. law in the early nineties. But in in Oregon, 
every single person is forced to vote or forced to register to vote. Right. And so why is this important? Well, if they're automatically sending every right, right, right. single the person question, on the voter obviously rolls the question is, is Obviously the question is, well, if you're, if you're talking about this voting is such a great thing, why would, why would, why would it be bad? Aren't you offering people the opportunity, right? That would be the, mm-hmm. the positivist uh, outlook on it. But that actually makes for very uh, insecure elections because totally. you, have, you have very bad uh, voter rolls that way. Yeah, essentially what you have is an inflation of voters, yeah. people who just do not care about voting, right? right. And again, we go back to the founding of our country. There's always been people in our community that just do not care about voting. They don't care about if you're mayor or if I'm the constable or whatever, right? Like right. they just don't care. And, you know, that's okay. That's okay. It's the, that's part of the freedom why we love America. That's part of the reason why we're here. That's right. Is it's your right to not care. Now, do I want to encourage you to be more civically involved? Absolutely. That's also culturally what makes us wonderful is that we have this culture where we're encouraging. I think that automatically or forcing everyone to care by registering them, force registering them, makes them care less. That's right. it, make, it detaches them. It gives them more distance because now my conversation with you is like, hey, are you registered to vote? Well, yeah, everybody's registered to vote. Well, now you've you've taken away that conversation with your neighbor. It's like, well, no, I don't really think it matters to vote, right? Now it's like, well, yeah, I'm registered to vote. Okay, now, because you're now not. You're off it's, my back. It's, you, they're turning you into like an automaton by doing yes. that. They're taking away your a personal number, human agency. Yeah, they're turning you into an insectoid with a number that's just the worker drone. That's mm-hmm. before I'm, I vote. Mm-hmm. I'm registered to vote. And now they're now what they're doing, and and we'll get into this more in the next segment. We got a couple of minutes here, but they're even taking away the process. They're taking away the the civic community communal process of going to vote Mm -hmm. and they're trying to atomize us to take away the entire community aspect and just turn it into this sort of uh something that you just you just scan they want to be eventually you scan your face and that registers you and then you you'll have a you know a blink once you blink blink once once yeah yeah yeah, yeah, blink once if you want to vote i like that blink once if you want to vote blink once jack blink blink twice twice for tyler tyler and then and then instead of hanging chads we'll get like hang we'll get lazy eyes it'll be like (laughs) lazy congratulations you just voted for Jack I, have, I have a lazy, lazy blink. No, I meant to blink twice. Uh, uh, but I have an eyelid disorder. Actually, I actually do have an eyelid thing. I was born with an eyelid thing, believe it or not. It's true, 100%. And then so I've had, I've had I have a little scar right here at surgery. Um, but but yeah, so like it, it, it you're going to have all these issues and I'll never see you, right? Versus when I go to vote now, when I'm home in Pennsylvania, I know the poll workers and I say, Hey, how you doing? And she'll go. And then she'll go, your mom was in here this morning. She always votes on her way to work. And I yeah. always see her. And I thought your dad was, has your dad been in here lately? How you, uh-huh. Like that kind of thing. And it's, it's destroyed. I and mean, you know, you have a cup of coffee, you might see somebody that you know from church. And you said, this is go the on. same principle. This is the similar principle to, they want to take you out of church. They yes. want to take you out of the community. They yes. want to take you out of, Sports. They want to take you out of. I mean, look at everything that COVID did, right? Yeah, the COVID. Everything they showed. They, they shifted this ten years forward with COVID. Everything that they want to eliminate, they want to pull you out of, mm-hmm. is what they shut down during COVID. That's right. That's hundred. That's it. Right. And that includes voting. 
It includes voting. So they, they realize that they can't just take away voting because that would be too egregious. So there has to be some kind of pressure release valve, not for control of the country, but of course, for control of the people to make, to give you this illusion of choice that, you know, so. Well, they, they so did even try that in Arizona. They did, they, try have to to. Take, they did try to take away our voting. They tried to take away the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, All right, we're going to prime... get into that in the very next segment. Hold, hold tuned because we are going to be right back with Tyler Boyer. How did they try to take away voting? in Arizona during COVID. We're right back. And we're back with Tyler Boiler. Tyler, you, before the break, you were telling us how during COVID, they took away all the things that eventually they want to take away. And here in Arizona, that was even more egregious than in other places because they tried to take away Voting, what, what do you mean by that? They tried to take away so, voting. So what's really interesting, like we, we talk about, and we're here in Arizona, and we've been hanging out, spending a lot of time together this week with everything going on. Um, but they, this last year, they really looked at Arizona. They've, they, I mean, it's not just last, last year, number, last number of years. They've looked at Arizona as kind of the tip of the sphere for what they want to do, what the left wants to do. I mean, the entry points to the rest of America via California or the, the, the left coast, is Arizona. And so they really wanted to pass a lot of, of massively uh, impactful changes here to voting laws uh, that if they can, they think that they can get it done here, they can get it done in other places. Mm. And so one of the things that people don't know about, and some of some people, some of your, your viewers and listeners have been paying attention to this, ranked choice voting has been yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and we saw this in Alaska. We've seen this so in, it's in Alaska, other states, too. It's in Maine. Maine, yeah. They're trying to pass it in Utah. It's, so it's I think Nebraska, they were, there it's was interesting. a push. It yeah. seems like there's a correlation with certain senators that are in those states. But mm. but uh, this whole idea, is, and, and this is what I think they were trying to do, there was a, a bill that went through the Arizona State Legislature this last year, and it was just coming out of COVID, but obviously they've been planning it for a year, where they wanted to essentially eliminate are precinct committeemen elections. Okay, for what? And precinct committeemen, for for those that don't know, are the most basic political office that you can hold. And yeah, it's, it's, it's the any lowest party, it's unit, by party. The lowest unit of the party. That's that's it's the your grassroots. It's that's the, your 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 door walker, the guy who's going the guy, one one the man, local, one woman. It's by precinct usually. Yeah. And sometimes in some states it's multiple people but per precinct. Uh, but they wanted to get rid of that. And so we're like, why? You know, I started just racking my brain why they're trying to get rid of it. And they, in the dark of the night, they they passed this bill, they threw it in with another bill, and like no one noticed. And then we caught on to it, and we raised absolute, you know, we raised absolute heck down at the state legislature. We we calls, texts, we're down there protesting, because I think what they were trying to do and what the what the end goal was was they wanted to eliminate our primary election. Mm. And so. How how does this connect with ranked choice voting? Well, if you know anything about ranked choice voting that's happening right now in Alaska, I see where this is going. What what they're yeah. trying to do and what they want to do, and this is this they want ties... to, it's almost like they're trying to combine the primary and the general. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what they want to do is they hate the fact that there's a primary election. Well, why do right. they hate that fact? Well, because conservatives because they can't control the primary. Conservatives win primaries, right? Right. They can't get the people they can't control win primaries, right. essentially, right? And so what they want to do, what the end goal is, is they want to have just one massive election. And this is why they've instituted ranked choice voting in places, because mm -hmm. how ranked choice voting works is that if you're on the ballot and I'm on the ballot and, and whoever else is on the ballot, 
Uh, yeah, we'll use Jess in this. Jess is on the ballot. All right, it's Jess on the ballot. You have one, two, three. You get to choose. So one, let's say like you the best, you'd be one. Obviously. Jess would be number two, and I'd be number three. Of course. So, but I, like somebody else can vote, and maybe I like Jess number one, and then me number two, and you number three. Mm-hmm. Whoever's the bottom vote getter drops off, and then my second vote then goes to who I virtue is for first vote. So how that equation ends up working out is that the second place person almost always wins. Why? Because that other party, right, that third party usually always will vote with the more moderate candidate. With so the that middle of the second, candidate. so the second highest vote getter in the first the, vote in the first vote for number one is generally also the second choice of everybody else. So you end up with a situation where the person who came in second is also the second plus the the first of third, the lower yeah, tier. Yep, third and fourth and fifth and all of that. And so that Well, that's ridiculous. So basically it's changing. So we go back to that institution that was created at the beginning of founding of our country. Right. That's never how it's worked, right? No. It's just never how it's worked. We have runoffs in some places. Yeah, some places have runoffs. Georgia is no But for that's runoffs. not even a historical precedent in, in America. Runoffs are kind of a newer thing. And mm. I actually hate runoffs for this very reason. I think it, you know, this, you know, this tiered model where first past the post. Yeah, mul- multiple whoever's the top, that's the most representative of the community. And that's actually also how you get most most representative of the community because I, we all hate this two-party system thing, right? Like it's like I wish there were more parties, but you're not going to get more parties by giving the second place vote getter the the office. What you're going to end well, up with is one big uniparty middle, right? Which and, is what and, they want. And instead, yeah, the, people ask this all the time, but the problem with having multi parties in a function functional third parties inside the United States is because we have regional representation. And as long as we have regional representation in first past the post system and not proportional representation, which is what, if you look at Europe, for example, and all the multi-party democracies and, or Israel, by the way, is like this. That's how Bibi Netanyahu came back um, because you have these coalition governments is people vote for a party or people vote for someone to stand. And then a percentage of the people who vote for the party, that's a percentage of the seats they get in the parliament. So that's a totally different system than the way we're set up. Our our, our parties are a little bit treated unfairly too. Our parties actually are pretty, I think that they're actually pretty uh, coalition based, right? Right. So and so what we our have coalitions are, these, are inside are these the parties. expansive parties, but with I'm going wings down, I'm, of go, the party. I'm going down a track that I didn't want to go yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Not really about the candidates and the outcomes look like, but more so on the point that we were on with ranked choice voting. They want to eliminate these elections because they want to institutionalize ranked choice voting. That takes away the primary. Because that takes away the primary. Again, takes away one more chance for you to go civically engage yourself with your community. Because what will happen at that point? There'll be no more parties. There'll be no more primary elections. No more caucuses. No more more no more community engagement. I mean, look at the caucus in Iowa. We we want you to sit at home, pick numbers from a number list, and and that's it, and that's who wins. We might all, you know, if you're not from Iowa, you might think, boy, that's a strange way to do elections. That's a different way to do elections. But you know what? That is the tradition in Iowa. And God bless them for holding to that tradition. You know what? And as, as you can criticize it all you want, but I think there's something to be said for a tradition that Iowa has always had, and not to break that hole down, but it's like, you know, who stands in the place the longest with the most people versus the other. It's, it's, it's incredible yeah. that they've been able to keep it going for so long and been able to hold to that 
with all of the headwinds against them. Totally. And and God bless him for it. I, I, I'll say God bless him for it. Even if even if my guy doesn't always you know you know come out on top, I, I think it's cool that they do that, and I think it's good that we have these civic rituals. And so we are faced with this, and it it ties into the Great Reset. It ties into this idea of they want you atomized, they want you working from home, they want you voting from home. They want, they they want, want you to keep you in a your box. Little box. Yeah, right. Exactly. They want you sitting Look in your China. little cube. Look at China. They want you to be like China. Yeah. You know, they want you living in a little square. You know, you propagate when we tell you to yep. have kids, you can have one. Okay, now you can have two. Or now we're going to go back to one. You know, and then it's, you know, because the one child policy has been going back and right, forth. We'll just, take, they, we'll just harvest your eggs. Yeah, we'll harvest your eggs. Now we'll just, <laughs> we'll just go to that. Um, this, this, this technocracy kind of model is what they've been trying to replicate here in the United totally. States as a response to the rise of China because they say, well, how are we ever going to compete with these guys? And the great leaders of the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, they said, well, we just have to become like them. Mm-hmm. Well, in China, they don't have voting. So they're turning our votes. Our, they are trying to turn our elections into illusions. That's, yes. that's what the end of the day that they're trying to do. They're trying to make it so that we feel as though we have a say, but really we're only two, you know, our only difference is whether you're wearing like, you know, a blue sticker or a red sticker, but actually right. it's, it's the same suit. It's the same it's the person. Same guy. Yeah. It's the same guy. The same guy. And, and yeah. at some point actually it can even get creepier than that. If they eliminate and, and just think about it this way. And this is what actually scares me the most, Jack, is that when, do you know how many people a congressman represented when the country was founded? I think it's seven thousand. It's about I think I think it was about thirty thousand. Thirty thousand, okay. somewhere in that ballpark. It was, I, but I it could was be wrong. way less than it is now. Yeah, yeah, way less than. Do you know what it is today? Uh, seven hundred. Yeah, it's a little over seven hundred thousand. We're yeah. on track to to be probably within our lifetimes. A million. million plus, right? Yeah, which is not, by the way, in the Constitution at all. That's that's governed by a – because the original mechanism was that the House of Representatives would grow as the population And grew. it did. And, and it, it did. And it did until they decided to stop it. In the progressive era, they locked it at 435. And uh, and so we are underrepresented with our government. But totally. The reason why this, this the is – The point is that you would know your congressman. That you would know your congressman. And you yeah. would go, and this is a civic ritual thing, right? And you would know him. Here's what's scary. Imagine America as an 800 million person country, okay. right? Or a billion person country, okay. right? It could happen. Like you know? China. I think, yeah, like China, yeah. right? The distance between you and your congressman is going to be <laughs> massive, right? right? We're talking oceans. Like you're never going to know your congressman. No. And if you are in a box that you're placed in a box and you're told this is when you vote and you blink twice and you blink once and, Mm -hmm. oh, don't worry, you'll never meet him, but he's a great guy. It could be the same guy. You would never know. You've never met him. Your entire community. You're built. I mean, I, you you know this. I lived in Russia. I Mm -hmm. I spent time Mm -hmm. over there. I spent time in China. So I spent time in China. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And you and I have seen these, what they call in Russian, Mm obshajitli, which are big living communities, communal living facilities. And these poor people, I mean, they live a lot like how Americans live in New York City, unfortunately, uh, that we have a lot of friends that live Uh, there. My my wife, when when I visited Tanya's uh, hometown, she... She showed me the one that she lived in when she was younger, it's, and it, it, a lot of them are closet size. They're smaller than the room that we're in now, like literally smaller than the room that we're in now, and have entire families living. With and them. she had, and not only that, but she, yeah. So she had, they had like a curtain down the middle of the room. That's what, they, yep. And then she, there was one family on one side, Curtains. and then her family on her side with a curtain down the middle, 
maybe two beds and she shared a bed with her sister. They shared, they shared beds. Yeah. You know, like a whole families will share beds. And, yeah. Just or like one big bed for and, everybody. And they'll have a communal outside of that space. And I'd love to take people on a tour. If anybody wants to go on a tour to Russia, I'll take you over there once they open it back up. Yeah. They have these Opshajitalis. You share bathrooms. Yeah. Share, ba- share bathrooms. It's like a dorm. Ki- shared kitchen. It's like a dorm. It's a dorm. Shared it kitchen, is a dorm. But it looks much scarier, much yeah. worse. And that's how people live out in the out in yeah, the, and by the by outs, the way outside and, and, America and, world. And I want to I want to point out I want to point this out, and we're going to talk about family here in the next segment, which is is just fantastic tea up there. But that was considered better than some of these really really rundown outskirts villages and settlements and everything else that's out there because it gets a lot a lot worse. Folks, stay right, stay tuned. We will be right back with the Tyler Board. And we're back we're here with Tyler Boyer. We're t- we were just talking about you spent time in Russia. I spent time in China. I visited Belarus, uh, which, of course, was part of the Soviet Union, one of the breakaway republics. Right. And, uh, you know, Tanya has showed me where she grew up and what it was like. And one thing that I was going to to mention before the break is that we'd like at some point to when, when our kids are a little bit older to take them over, maybe have them do like summers with, grand, you know, babushka and dedushka. And, you know, just just understand where their mother came from, yeah. where half of their family came from, that this was the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, things are better now, but there's still it's not, you know, it's not that much changed. And it, it, it gives you a, a different perspective on life, but also a different perspective, a different appreciation for the things that we have in this country and the things that we fought for and this society and country that we've built from nothing. Well, and all of this is fundamental and foundational for this conversation about building and growing a family, right? That's because right. like at the end of the day, we know that Marxism is antithetical to God's plan for families. Correct. It's just it's just it's 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 core, right? That's well, it's, why it's materialistic. Yeah, I mean the fact is is that if you are are living in this space that we're talking about, which people were grateful for. I mean, some of the people that I knew today, right, like mm. that are in post-Soviet era, they're living in these these communal living situations where they're sharing kitchens, entire floors are sharing kitchens, yep. and it's scary. It looks like a a rundown, you know, construction site in most of these places. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like: flickering lights. It looks like it looks like a horror movie. I'll be yeah. honest with you; I've been in some of these places. Like yeah, Times wasn't that bad, but I've I've seen what you mean. Southwestern Russia is a little scary. It's a little sketchy. It's like the dirty south of Russia, but like that's yeah. where I was. It's right in the the Donbass mm-hmm. yeah region. Well, the, you're the you're right across from Donbass. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. In the in well the Don River basin in, right. on the Russian side. Uh, that these places are in, in, incredibly scary, but they're grateful because they're not living in the villages, which are even more scary, which are overrun with drugs. And, and we're talking about these are basically peasant villages. Yeah, they're they're like dirt floors, and so they're grateful for that. But like again. That's government making people think that they're grateful for something right. because they've been gifted it by the government. That's right. Rather than they've earned it and they've built a life where they have life, mm-hmm. liberty, and land, which is really the core to foundational core to freedom, right? Which is like this whole thing. That's it's right. like and, they, and, and that's and so when when we're as as Americans, right? So what's the difference between you know, and even when I think of my family, that that you know, we sort of have this blended. You know, I was actually having that conversation with with somebody the other day. Was to think like, well, so are you know, so Tanya's an immigrant. So are my kids first generation 
but they're only half first generation. So what is or you know, so what does that really mean, right? Does that count? Right. And and it, it's it, it, it's sort of a child of two worlds kind of situation. Right. And so what's the difference between okay, so you know, like genetically, ethnically, yeah, we're Slavic, right? But we also have ideas and concepts right. from being in this land and assimilating and understanding the difference from America and the social contract here and the importance of, to your point, life, liberty, land, we, we live differently. We think differently. Well, that's, the big, that's the biggest different. separator too, is yeah. that when people came to America and you think back to Pilgrim era and even today and, and people that, are, that bring, move their entire lives to America and they do it the right way and they gain citizenship, they are coming here because they can actually put their hands on tangible things right yeah. and be part of something that's special and I, I think we don't talk about that enough is that we want to be part of the community they right. want to there, be part of the culture there's they only be... one country in the world where people are trying to fight to get in yeah <laughs> well and, and it's being part of it right like i want to yeah. be part of going to baseball games whether it's high school high school football games or to yeah. a you know to a uh yeah, an ML MLB game like that's like uniquely and innately cultural. He's, he's being sensitive about that because my Phillies didn't do so well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to bring. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to bring yeah, up the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, hey, they my, got our, there. My, they got my there. Diamondbacks they got there. Are, are nothing. They got there. The owners are terrible. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'll tell you this is that it's that's really special. That's what's special about being here in America, and again, it's like being able to stretch yourself out, like own it, and like and what. The but, left is doing within our own country is trying to eliminate that. But, and that. but there's also a key element. There's a key element to everything that we just said that underpins all of it. And that's family. Yeah. That because if you don't have a spouse, if you don't have children, if you're not raising kids, nope. then what do you need any of that stuff for? Well, what do you need? What the heck do you need community for then? Well, you can just go and, you know, watch Netflix and, and be by yourself order and Uber Eats and go on and play video or, games. Or you by don't yourself. have to be by yourself. You can go, you can go on Tinder <laughs> yeah. or you can go on one of those little things right. and you can spend, you can spend the night, right? Yeah. You can spend that. And we all know these, these are one night stand apps. These are not it's, dating apps. Why do we call them dating apps? That's transactional, right? It's all transactional. It's transactional they relationships all of life to versus be transactional. A, a godly. Yes. Yeah. Innately core relationship. Right. right? They want, like, and they want that. The, the, the so key is they want everything. They want all, everything to be transactional. All humans do transactional things. And sure. I, I'm not saying that you're not going to. Like, we're going to do transactional things. Like, marriage, in a I'm sense, gonna, is trans. It's very transactional. I'm going to drive through and I'm going to get you know late night if you're, food. If you're, gonna, if you're, by the way, if you're if you are not being transactional in your marriage, you're probably not doing it right either. Right. They, those things are going to happen. Right. There's give and take. But There's the point take. is that the underpinning for everything is not transactional. That that that's yes. life. It's 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 marriage. It's building a family. And guess what? If you're living in a, in a closet, are you more likely to build a family? No. no. Of course not. Right? Of course not. And so right. if they can box you in, if they can take things away from you, if they can give you things and you think that you're being, you know, the pat on the head. Pat well, this is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And you'll be right? happy with it. So you're never going to build that. That is the antithesis, right? The antithesis. But you look at some of this stuff, and I, I mentioned Netflix before, but, you know, when's the last time you bought a movie? Right, yeah. you don't own movies anymore. We used to. Everybody used to have library. Used to Remember, have you library, go over to your friend's house and they like, basement, and, and they like would have big, all those yeah. VHS tapes. Like yeah. I was and never was, one of those kids. And it, and it was I had like the ghetto, were, like like 
all sprout. But I used to have friends that would have like a little library you go and in it was, and be like, you were wow, proud you're rich. Of it. You were proud of it because you yeah. collected something. And, and we are, there's yeah. there's something in human nature of, of we've I've look at what I've acquired. <laughs> I've gone into the wild. And, <laughs> yeah, it's and, very and American. It's like having you know having it's like cultural. the like the like yeah. the wolf pelt on the wall and yeah. a collection of yeah. and I've got all the Quentin Tarantino's. All the, all you the know. Disney classic. Remember Disney those, classic those like the boxes, those plastic. Yeah. Uh, Remember the Nickelodeons yeah. were orange. Yeah, that's right. Well, funny actually, funny enough, you mentioned VHS tapes. I, I made a comment about that to Tanya the other day. <laughs> and you know what she said? She says, what's VHS? Oh. Yeah. 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 And I was like, well, that's how you watch movies. And she's like, you mean like on TV? I'm like, well, no. I mean like like when you bring it in your house and you watch a VHS tape. They didn't. Like, you mean like a DVD? They didn't have them. Like, no. she didn't have them. They, they, nobody had them. Nobody had them. The VHS was like, well, I think- mean, if you had VHS, you were like, like, ultra party elite yeah you know, you, like in the, it was you know. it was the inner circle yeah inner second, circle inner, yeah yeah kind of level tier, yeah so yeah. she had that was it was it was uh, kind of like a gut check for me there surprising. whoa she yeah. didn't even know what vhs was but but my point is though that we've all sort of just accepted this idea that we don't own movies anymore and i know it's something small but it, it's it's becoming the same way with music because yeah. i remember i can and, remember and, going, and by the way Jack, it's going to be the same with cars. It will be the same with cars. That's right. why it, it, automated it'll be the same cars. With everything. That's what they want. They everything. want to take away your house. They want to take away your car. Yeah. They want to. Yeah. They, they want to take away your. I everything mean, this, will be leased. We're all going to be like renters. Car, this whole carbon exchange system. Mm. I'm telling you, every single thing you do, they want to take away from you. And so Americans have to say, have to say, stop. No, I want to collect everything. I want to collect because every time you want to do something like that, every time you give up your right to ownership of yep. something. You give away a little bit more of your freedom. freedom because if yeah. that's owned by somebody else, you don't control it. You know what? In, in Mandarin, um, the word for communism, I love this. I love the way they translate it. Gong chan So gong chan what does it mean? Literally means the ideology of public property. Yeah. That's it. That's all it means. It just means, so if, if you really boil down all of, Communism, the elimination of public property. Okay. That is the goal. The, the that, that is a straight yeah. up goal. You don't want you to own anything. And it, it, it's interesting because the question of reproduction becomes an issue with these societies because they're like, well, what incentive does that person have to reproduce? It's almost incidental. So then they have to think about, you know, IVF and you right. know, birthing chambers and all these things. But because they know, they know that when you have kids, and we're seeing this with millennials, by the way, right. we're seeing this with millennials as millennials are getting older. Now they've put off family formation and there's, there's a lot of economic reasons for that, but millennials are starting to have kids now. Millennials, or actually a lot of millennials have two or three kids now. Right. And they're finally starting to own homes and they're realizing, hey, wait a minute, I do have to kind of buy into my community. I do have to pay taxes. I do have to keep my kids safe. I don't want my kids being transed when they go to school. I don't want them getting taught to hate their country. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't let, you know, you know, the crazy liberals be the only ones who go because they were the only ones who went right. to, to uh, you know, uh, education school. Um, they're the only ones who got their master's in education. It's all the crazy libs. And the conservatives have never really done that. We don't really have an answer to the liberal teacher, if you notice that, by the way. We, we don't, except for, again, this is the same thing, which is taking control, taking ownership. Yeah. The only answer to everything is like saying, you know what? I'm going to stop the gov- government interference with whatever part of my life that is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take control. I'm going to take my land. I'm going to get away from it, and I'm going to do it myself. And that is, in essence, the essence of America. That's Very the essence American. of 
very building marketing. a family, right? Which is like at the end of the day, I mean, this is at, at its core what we're seeing through COVID, right? Like, yeah. Think about, I mean, it's so connected to this whole thing of like, stop, you can't come into the hospital and be with your loved one over anything, whether it's childbirth or, when, or when family Tanya, death. When Tanya was pregnant with our second son, um, there were checkups and, and things that she was going to that I was not allowed in for. I, I think this and is I had what to be over the most. Like, like, like FaceTime mm-hmm. and I could be on video, like sitting in the car in the, in the parking lot. Yep. Well, she's in the, my wife yep. is in there and something you know, could God be going forbid, on. Who knows? Something went on yeah. and I yeah. can't hold her hand, really. Or like, she just oh, finds on the out, phone. Or she finds out she has cancer. Or, or she finds out some she kind has, of bad yeah. news. And I can't be there with my wife. Yeah. For something like that. Please. Please. But that's what they want, right? Like that's this exactly is exactly what and they this, want. And this I think this actually this facet of yeah, it. Yeah, what do you what do we need what do we need the man for? You've already donated your sperm. You've already the, this you know, this bothered people the most. Yeah, I don't the think fact so. That you and it bothered her too. By you the couldn't way. be there for that, and then also when, when people were, I'm di- still when upset were about dying. It. You could yeah. tell. No, no, no. It, yeah. it, it is impacting me too. I, we had a baby during COVID. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. It yeah, was literally. It was so I will never forget it. We, I'll we never are, forgive. We are coming up on our break. Do not forget what they did. We'll be right back. All right, Tyler. There was something a little bit spicy <laughs> that you said earlier in the week in our program. Well, what you said was spicy. That we. What been... I said was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's one way to look at it, I guess. Um, that that you said we were talking about this issue that we were getting in these exit polls. Mm-hmm. That for so many millennials, they're having kids. It's great, but there's this other contingent of millennials and Zoomers of single women that have not had kids that are extremely liberal, just like plus 38 liberal. Right. And particularly with the millennials, as the millennials get older, um, there's always been this sort of, you know, uh, question of obviously uh, for, for women, there is a biological clock that is a real thing. And that once you hit 30 and then it just becomes harder and harder and harder. And so, you had a comment, though. You said you're never too old to start a family. You said you're never too old to start a family. And the one thing, and as people say, well, what about, what if a woman, she can't? So I said, well, hold on. There's adoption. There's all sorts of different yeah. things you can do. And it actually reminded me of Milton Hershey. You know the story of Milton Hershey? I, I actually that, don't. Do you, so, I know, so, I know. Of, you know Hershey's, right? Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows Hershey's, but Milton Hershey was the founder of Hershey. Right. So Hershey, Pennsylvania, he founds the town because in, right out in Lancaster County. Why? Because he had this idea that if you made the chocolate right next to where the milk was made, so right next to the as fast as possible, got right. it from the cows, that it would be better chocolate. So where are the cows? Lancaster County. So right. he builds it out there, has a factory town. Obviously, everyone knows comes one of the most recognizable brands of, of chocolate in the world. Never has kids. Never has kids of his own. Married. So what does he do? He sets up an orphanage and he sets up a school and he calls it the Hershey School. And as he is going to die, he's, he's working out his will. He's like, I want this school to keep going because those kids kind of became his kids. Yep. And he said, I want those kids to live in perpetuity and I always want this school to be open. And I'm worried that maybe somewhere down the line, you know, someone gets into this company and they decide they don't want to do the school anymore. I mean, don't like it and mm-hmm. it's not making money and it's stupid, whatever. And we're going to get rid of it. So 
he set up, and because he didn't have his own heir, he set up a function for the school to always be open. Right. When he died, he left ownership of the Hershey company to the school. Wow. So to this day, the Hershey's Chocolate Company, the controlling interest in the stock of that company is owned is by the school. Hershey School itself. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. I mean, I just, I love American stories like that. That's no, like, that's the kind, like, that's the kind of civic engagement, civic quality that you want to have. And there's a guy who he didn't have biological children of his own, but he was able to have his, but that was yeah. his family. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, look, I, we, we kind of talked about this. We opened this up. I had, I have a lot of friends. You have a lot of friends and I know a lot of them. I watch them from a distance chase a lot of things, right? Yeah. And they chase careers. They chase, sure. uh, you know, which is great. You know, a lot of them are in great careers. Uh, they chase hobbies mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. They, uh, they, they, they mess around even just in, in the dating space, like where it's just like, again, very transactional. Yep. Right. We, we brought that up earlier where they're doing a lot of transactional stuff. Yes. Right. And it's not that innate, core and they're unhappy a lot of them are constantly unhappy or they're constantly upset that they're not in this or not not in that or i wish i had a kid a little league game to go to like you like that's cool tyler whatever right it is right yeah like you, you I, I get those things i'm like well you can't i remember there was there was there was and, a time where I, you know I, I had an opportunity to do something and they were like and i just recently had to had to say no and they said why um and I said, well, I have, to, I have to hop on a flight at four in the morning. And they're like, why are you getting on a flight at four in the morning? I said, because it's my kid's school's Halloween party. Right. And I'm going to be there for that. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? Like Jack yeah. Posobiec has so, Halloween yeah, Some people wouldn't that, even, yeah, wouldn't yeah. even consider that. And like, that's like the, the most special part of my days. Is I, was like, like, you, I was like, you understand, like, I, I'm going to be there for that. Tucking in, going to games, like doing the, doing the stuff. Doing the transactional stuff with my kids, and this is one thing I disagreed with. I won't say who it was. There's a, a prominent person on Twitter who sometimes goes after sports, mm. and I, and and I, I I hear the argument. There's a lot of stupid things you can do with your life. They're they're again transactional. But I know what you're talking about. But my argument back is is this: is that when those things help you develop a relationship. Right, like again, sports. Whether it's like little league sports or you know kids sports. My take would be there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Of course, like yeah. anything that you tell me, you get obsessive. But the the point is, right. is if it, if if it, anything in this world helps you build a relationship with your family, helps you develop a family, helps you get closer to building that family, I think it's pretty good. I actually think that it's it's healthy and it's and if it's cultural and it brings community. It's great. Even better. That's that's great. Which, by the way, you know, I even I even like taking my kid to minor league baseball games. Uh, they're they're so much fun, right. and they're I mean they're cheap. We got a we got a place that's like right by the house. And no one cares about minor league teams, by the yeah. way. Yeah, no one cares if you and, lose. And it, the games are just fun. <laughs> they they always do a ton of stuff for the kids. Right. And very family oriented. Super family oriented. Yeah. They have like a little merry go round. There's yeah. even one. Up in so the Reading Phillies was the one that I always went to as a uh -huh. kid. I remember no, we don't go as much anymore. But I remember asking my um, my dad. I was like, "Hey, do they still do those? They have a swimming pool. They have a swimming pool at the baseball field for kids to go for kids yeah. to hop in the yeah. swimming pool during the game. Because and and so the thing is though, I'll take my kids. They're four and two, and he loves it. He doesn't yeah. even really understand what baseball is, but he's 
He's like, hit the ball, catch it's the ball. It's family. Hang out. You're hanging out. Yeah. yeah. He like, you're learning. It. You're growing. And like, that's the thing that, again, the left hates. That Marx, and the left and the left the wants Marxist the opposite because there's something there's something they want to eliminate it from your life. About that. Yeah. Right. They want to eliminate it from their because yeah. they can't control it and they can't eliminate it and they can't stop it. And so that's well, why during trying, COVID, that's will, why during COVID they throw, want to eliminate sports. That's why well, they eliminate throw, all. The, I will throw out though that you have seen. You know, I think one of the issues that people have, though, is that you have seen with some of the major, not to, you know, get into this, but at the at the NFL level, at the MLB level, you've seen a lot of co- NBA, a lot of co-opting, a lot of co-opting sure. from, from the left in terms of these things, and people need to fight back. They need to fight back against that. Well, I, I think that this was part of it, right? Because that's all brand and television, right? That's right. That's different from you attending and building a relationship with your family and building community in the, in the community. Why is, it, why is it important for someone to have a family? Well, I mean, at our core, we are predisposed to do that, right? We are born to birth children. We are born to create families. We are born to create, right? We are born to procreate. We are born to build unity. But more importantly, there's this deep relationship. If you believe like I do in God and that there is a relationship that is beyond this life, that is prior to this life, that's beyond this life of that family is not just a here thing and we die, but it's a forever thing. Yeah. And that God is is our Father and cares about all of us, and that's why we're all uniquely, you know, kind of brother and sister on this planet in in some way. That is something that's 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 eternal. It's not just for this time, right? And so that's why those relationships you develop and you learn and you grow. As you're teaching your kids, you're learning to father, you're learning to mother, right? You're learning to grow, and that's something that to me is is not. When you it's not have temporal, kids, it's eternal. When you have kids, you, you certain things that you didn't understand about yourself, certain things that you didn't understand about your parents, yep. certain things get turned on and switched on and activated in you that you didn't even know about yourself, that yes. you didn't even know that you had certain drives, certain desires, certain energies and ambitions. Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, I, 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 this, this uh, was it? No, last night. Last night we got done. We, we were doing, what, another five-hour live stream. It was a long time. And I got home, and my favorite part of the entire day wasn't looking and seeing how many followers I was up to or how many viewers on the stream we had. You know, my favorite part of my day was... I was I was chasing my kid around the hotel room, laughing and just uh, we got to got to get putting him in the bed, reading a book with him, and he's really into Scooby Doo right now, so we're doing that. And the fact is that, and I've gotten a, a bunch of books where he can read the book himself, and he's right. reading it to me, and he loves it. And seeing that joy of reading that I always had as a kid is now being fostered in him. And there was, and, and at one point yesterday, I had downloaded something and on the tablet and I was gonna go show it to him and I walked into his room and I looked over and he was sitting on the couch reading a book by himself. Oh. And, I, and I just, I took the tablet and I grabbed it and like put it behind yeah. me so he wouldn't see it. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. The, the the flame lives on, you know. And that's the kind of relationship, though. Like, you know, I mean, there's nothing to me when I wake up in the morning, and our 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 little girls come in. They 
they jump in bed and they cuddle us and I've got a two year old too. And, and she's just like the most cuddly little thing. Right. Like, and I just like, you're kind of half asleep when she comes and you pull her into bed and you open up your eyes and she's just sitting there. And sometimes, you know, a lot of parents will experience this where you open up your eyes and your, and your kid is just like, just staring you right back in the face. Like, like an inch away from you. Like yeah, face yeah, yeah, to yeah, face, yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost just smiling, eyes wide open. <laughs> right, it's right, like right. 6 a.m., right? Yeah. Eyes wide open. And that happens from time to time. And it's just like, it gives you just like this pause where you're just like, wow, I am the luckiest person. This is ever. where I'm, this is what I'm meant to do. And, and there's not very many things in this world that can make you pause no. and make you think and feel like you're the luckiest no, person. Because when you're chasing that, when you're chasing that transactional stuff, you're always just looking for the next one. Well, you you're can, always just looking for the next one. You can sometimes feel lucky and cool for a moment and it's fleeting. Yeah. yeah. But there's, it's a different, deeper, that warm, incredible feeling that's just like, there's nothing else I need in this entire nope. world than this little two year old face <laughs> staring me in the face. Hot breathing in and, my face. And, and at people 6 need to know that whatever point of life you're in, whatever, wherever you are, I love that line. You're you're never too old to start a family. It may not be the exact one that you thought you were going to have, not the Hollywood version. It, it may not be the family ties version of a family. Right, right. right. But it but might but it, it might can be still that be... unconventional adoption, relationship later in life, you know. You know, some people again, I've had right. friends that can't have babies. It's it, it that but that can't that that shouldn't stop you from building a family, building right. relationships and core relationships and in your community because your community needs that as much as it, as you need it as well. Folks, we're going to we're going to have to end on that because as we said, you're never too old to start a family. Tyler, where can people follow you? On Twitter. Tyler Boyer at Tyler Boyer. New, newly blue checked. Newly blue checked. Yeah, like everybody else. Like everybody else. Every uh, other or or on, you can follow me on Instagram as well. Same thing at on Tyler the, oh, Boyer. Big, on, the, on the big gram. On the yep. big gram. Okay. And of course, uh, you can follow me everywhere on internet on, that will still allow me on the internet. And as always, we say, ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission. It's a later show.